Okay. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'm a feminist. I'd love it if you went first. Uh, ladies always come first, baby. <laughs> or nobody comes at all. Exactly. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And, and this, this is, the is the swirl. I have a confession to make. I have tons of alcohol in my house, but I don't drink it. And I had a guest over a couple days ago, and he was like, where's your liquor cabinet? And I showed him to the liquor cabinet, and he opened it, and he was shocked to see mountains of unopened bourbon and whiskey and and rum and gin. Okay, question before you continue. Are these bottles you've received as presents or bottles that you have bought for yourself? It's a little bit of both. Like, I always imagined that I'd be the, like, the fashionable entertainer, like the very Martha Stewart, Rachel Ray. Queer eye for the I, straight guy. Absolutely. Ted, what's his face on I got plenty. I got, I got plenty of bow ties. I'm ready to go. But <laughs> I, I make the bacon and then I come home and cook it. I really don't entertain. And when I was growing up, I was around people who maybe imbibed a little too much. And I see. Perhaps the beer cracked open at 10 a.m. Uh, sometimes. Damn, I, that's I, some serious, that's some kegs and eggs shit. Who am I to judge? So I feel like I, I live in a city. All my friends are in my neighborhood just blocks away. I really do believe if I'm in my apartment drinking by myself, something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even about... Uh, just like having a drink in the house because I, I do think it's great like if people have like a glass of wine with dinner but for right. me as a person who like struggles with like moderation and when I say that I'm not like walking down the street with the underwear above my head drunk but <laughs> <laughs> oh oh we... um ladies and gentlemen I, I am <laughs> that's where we that's where we meet up in the middle appreciate that uh, but I but I do feel like I, I I really don't know how to behave so ish gets real and I and I just have to pare it down but when I did have a guest I definitely got to consume some of my own alcohol which was lovely for the wallet right it's just not it's not something I do that often I because I, I just I'm in just such a proximity to bars so when I see your posts about food and alcohol I'm like man she's really doing it up but it's really because of where you live you're you're dude like, I was just gonna say what else we gonna do <laughs> there's literally two bars near me and they both are like the diviest dive bars you've ever met like they're just there's no classiness happening now there's a distillery up the road but it's 15 bucks a drink and like hello i can make really good drinks or and i most of the time i drink my bourbon neat or with something simple like i'm not going crazy <laughs> I like to eat, and there's really the only places to eat around here are like terrible Chinese food. Ter- and like, there's decent pizza, but there's like 17 pizza places. Like, that's it. Have I almost ever- have to cook for myself out of necessity. You know, if I want anything that's even like slightly ethnic, I have to do it myself because there's no good Indian food here. There, I mean, the, the best. Um, stuff is all half an hour away and I got a five-year-old so it's like what am I doing that I'm driving half an hour for food on a regular basis is just not possible or fun and I'm a good cook so it's like I could make a better steak than most restaurants I go to and that's like damn truth we can get my husband on here to validate that claim (laughs) (laughs) I see you over there with your humble brag cooking it up over there at Shea Ruby meanwhile I'm over here eating kale salads because nobody taught me how to cook I'm not bitter I wanted to say, like, or ask you, like, about do you think you're of yourself as fat still? 
or do you see the person you are and do you feel like the world treats you differently based on your weight loss and how does that make you feel so going to the doctor regarding the body dysmorphia was an attempt to sort of reconcile that there that i've essentially lived two lives up until this point i absolutely feel like a new person and the fun part about where i'm at right now is there's so many things that i wouldn't have attempted including this podcast if i hadn't lost weight because i really didn't feel a sense of worthiness years ago mm-hmm. and and so a lot of times i resent that i feel more worthy after losing weight but that's sort of like what the world conditions you to believe right i at my core am the same person it's kind of weird to me when women from my teenage years or you know guys from my teenage years approach me and they're like i always thought you were fly and i wish you know we could have gotten together And it's always like, well, I'm that same person today that I was then. I think people really can look past a lot of other flaws when you're skinny, if that makes any sense, right? Like, they're like, you could be crazy as long as you're skinny, right? Like, Well, right. It's like British accents. uh, (laughs) I dated a guy that was totally wrong for me, but he had a British accent. For years, I didn't want to be seen and I I, I didn't want to be acknowledged. And I just kind of wanted to recede into the shadows. And what losing weight forced me to do was to be my authentic self to be all sides of myself to go into a room and be the black guy be the gay guy be the funny guy like to be all bring all those pieces of myself into one place because I think I was living a very fragmented life before Hmm. and it really is making me just step out and and I think in really brave ways and I and I'd like to think that that once I got to a point where I was living better and feeling better I thought that I was helping people before but I neglected myself and you and I talk a lot about Mm self-care I've I've been my most effective as a son a brother a friend volunteering all those things I've been a much better person once I got my life together that has nothing to do with losing the weight. Losing right. the weight is a bonus. Once I got my head on straight, I I've been I, I've been the best I've ever been in my life. My life has gotten better exponentially, and how I physically feel is um, is a bonus. Well, and they say you know you can't pour from an empty cup, and I feel like that is a mantra you know in my life is you know if I have time to brush my teeth. I feel like I've taken a moment just to honor myself for the day. And I, it sounds silly, but it's true. Like, the lately, like today, for example, this week was my son's birthday. It was insane. Things were nuts. I haven't had a chance to, like, stop and, and take a breath. And this, t- this morning I took a bath and shaved my legs. And it felt like I took a vacation to Tahiti. And I, um, creating that space for myself gave me the space to then go, okay, well, now what errands do I need to run, you know? know I can handle the rest of the day um without feeling like I'm dragging my life behind me um like a like a a ball and chain um so it's true no it totally is true and I think you're right like fitness and health and diet um are things that are important and they require a thoughtfulness that and a space that you create for yourself which allows you then to go and help other people so no that's a totally real and valid thing that's cool I'm I'm happy that I'm, you found that because some people don't figure that out ever. So I'm happy you figured that you. out. <laughs> thank you so much. And it was something you just said really like resonated with me because I said to someone the other day, "Is there a tow truck for tow trucks?" And that seems so silly. <laughs> I there is though. I've seen them on the highway. 
damn it. Then then I'm not going to sound so eloquent as you No, are that's I get that. where you're going, though. Sorry. No, there totally is a tow truck for tow trucks. But in my life a couple in my life a couple years ago, I was so busy helping other people that I I absolutely neglected myself and I and I think I did it purposely so that I didn't have to work on me. You see in tons of situations, let's say if you're ever, you know, on a plane and God forbid that plane's gone down, they tell you to secure yourself before the kid and it's not because you love your kid any less, it's because you can't be a help to that person until you're secure. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that I'm much more effective when I'm in a position where I can win. Right. And I and I have to say, to, in my own specific situation, when you become a mother and a wife, there are people counting on you to do things. Like one thing in my life that I am, th- that I do in my home is I cook dinner every night for our family, more or less most of the not most of the time. And um and it's one of those things that you don't think about as like a big deal, but like on days when you've been running around all day and there's too much going on like and you don't feel like you have an ounce more to give. I have to find it in myself to do that. And I also was raised that you kind of put up or shut up. It's like you there if you have to do it, you just do it. You figure it out. And I have found that self-care is kind of like the nourishment I need to get across the finish line in my life. And the the bigger thing for me now is I recognize that, right? Like I totally recognize that self-care should be a priority, but a bigger thing for me now is fighting the guilt that I have when I do it. So it's it sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, and so, yeah, self-care is important. So the, moral, <laughs> so the moral of the story is if Cody and Ruby ain't happy, Ain't, ain't nobody, nobody happy. happy. No, for real. For real. It, and like, it's not diva behavior. I'm gotta embrace the inner diva and make it happen for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon revealed that he and Mariah used to do it to Mariah's music. And that is what? amazing to me. Like, that somebody could be that, like, into themselves. I love it. I believe that she is, though. Like, if there's anybody who I believe does that, it's, I totally believe that Mariah Carey has sex to her own music. Like, she probably masturbates to her own music like wait no the babies came out in the delivery room to a live version of fantasy what that is the most ridiculous thing ever but is it is it though (laughs) because at birth she told those babies this might be your day but bow down that's crazy like i mean wow and i love i do i'm here for it like go on mariah you do you but like Whoa. I, I might need to let that information marinate in my brain a little you bit because that's should. pretty okay. crazy. All right. <laughs> I, I want to tell you something terrible. Today on my walk home, I saw a parent walking a child with a leash. And, <laughs> and I have a thing I do here in the city where I, I walk with what I call my body armor. So I have on headphones, I have my sunglasses, and I just kind of block out the world. So as, you know, different like organizations walk up to me and ask me for my credit card information on the street, I'm like Wonder Woman. I'm like, pow, pow. Like I'm just blocking with my- I love how it's your armor. You got to suit up. It's (laughs) It's so real out here. When I saw the mother and her daughter, and I saw the daughter just lying on the ground with a leash- I just said, just avert your eyes. Look down. Just, just <laughs> pretend you see nothing. All of a sudden, the little girl and I made eye contact. And it was weird because it's this little white girl that's saying, black man, save me. And I <laughs> felt so conflicted inside. 
because there was nothing I could do for her. Because I'm not trying to get shot in the street. For <laughs> hey, you don't go snatching white girls no. on leashes. I feel mm-mm, like that mm-mm. should be like one of the big rules here. <laughs> one of the lessons from this this story. I feel like my entire day is just trying to stay alive. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that I just breaks my heart. <laughs> I just don't want like my epitaph to be something really silly. Like I don't want to die because somebody was like playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> you know while driving like i just feel like after everything i've done in my life like that's gonna be how i go and it's so morbid but it's so real my thought when i saw when the little girl and i made eye contact was this i need you to tell me that it's wonderful and all the other things that you women lie to each other about because when i saw that baby on a leash if that's parenthood deal me the f out i cancel christmas Well, we're getting like, we're going deep right now here. What parenthood is. Parenthood is, okay, here, let me equate this to something that you personally can, you've gone through. So have you run a marathon or a half marathon? Um, I ran a half marathon. It's it's half the marathon, all the fun. Okay. So, but was it difficult? Was there like, did you hit a wall at some point where you were like, oh my God, I'm going to die? Yes. I, I ran on torn ligaments. Uh, I had never run in my life, mm-hmm. and I had about eight weeks of preparation. Okay, so, so ready? It was a little little arrogant on my part. This is the perfect, perfect parallel to what it's like to be a parent. You have no experience. You're basically running on torn ligaments, a.k.a. no sleep and no patience. And it's hard, and some moments are glorious. Like, oh, when you just start, you're like, oh, my God, the baby's so cute. It's so wonderful. But, like, around mile eight, you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever this is the a horrible idea I would rather stick hot needles into my eyeballs or eat glass or or like be in a telephone booth with a hungry alligator than be a parent but then you finish your part of that day and you're like crossing the finish line and then like they go to sleep and you miss them but it's really that's it's like running a marathon like it's a lot of glory and people somehow like there are people who run one marathon and are like that's enough for me and then there are those wackos who are like let's have 20 of them and i am the kind of person who ran one marathon and said wow that was this is a lot i'm not doing anymore (laughs) no that's a it's a perfect thing yeah no parenthood is a serious commitment like you gotta be like it's kind of wonderful that you don't know how shitty it can be (laughs) before you do it (laughs) because it there are moments where you just want to lay on the ground and let gravity crush you No, I think it's a good thing. I'm, you know, in my 30s and I still can't figure out how to get a guy pregnant. So, (laughs) well, you have a lot of time. You're lucky that you're a a man and b in a situation where your partner is also going to be male. And so, you know, you're going to adopt. So you don't have to worry about your biological clocks ticking. It's just you're going to be exhausted. It's exhausting. And he just turned five. And I feel like we're finally turning a corner. But like the other thing is, is there's only so much you can do. It's like this really weird, crazy science experiment where you're doing all of this work and you have no idea if it's going to work out for like 25 years like (laughs) in in 10 years from now we could all be looking back and going well we could have done something a little differently here but I'm not quite sure what it was because you're just throwing a bunch of shit up against the wall and hoping something sticks (laughs) yeah we just pray that you don't have a Josh Duggar and that's the thing like how do you you know there's only so much I can do to make him a not racist not sexist (laughs) not a rapist like he's a white boy and I'm releasing him into the world and I'm trying very hard to make him compassionate 
and um, an advocate for people who are not white boys. And that's, it's a tall order and it's a tall order to do anywhere, but it's an even taller order when you live in a place that is pretty homogenous in terms of race. You know, I try very hard to expose him to my friends who are not what he is. I think he is a white, heterosexual, cisgender male. I think that's what he is. I mean, by five, I think you more or less know. Like, he could surprise me, but as a mother who is very well aware of stuff like that, like, I think he is. And so my goal at this juncture is to make him accepting and a listener and an advocate for people who are in our society who don't have the white privilege or the male privilege that he was born with. But you don't know. Like, I don't know. He could be a total asshole. But it, it, <laughs> it's, I'm doing the best I can with the knowledge I have. And I do hope that he, you know, will follow my example at the very least in how to treat people with human dignity. But, you know, you never know. You really don't. So in an odd way, when I saw the little, the little girl on the ground and we made eye contact, I really related to her strong will. It just wasn't about her defiance. It was just about this sort of like moment of like, oh, wow, she is her own person. So when I see, for instance, the other day you had a post on Instagram and your son looked really upset at his birthday party. And I was like, man, that really sucks. I I know Ruby put a lot of time and effort into it. And much like when you go to a wedding and there's a a ring bearer and a flower girl and they freak out, you just don't know until like the moment how it's going to shake out. But then I came back later in the day and he was all smiles and I just thought to myself like wow that's got to be really validating but I've always wanted to ask you what's it like having a strong-willed kid (laughs) so I was a strong-willed kid I know that's shocking to anybody who knows me so I relate to him because it's like you know I'm stubborn and strong-willed and I can see myself in him but I actually so I go to therapy y'all yay therapy I told my therapist like a couple weeks ago, I said to her, you know, part of my issue, my own issue in my head is I fight myself constantly. Like, you know, I should be doing this and I should be doing this, but I don't want to do this. And I'm constantly in a a fight with my brain about what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And then I have these fights with my son and I'm like, go put your socks and shoes on. And he's like, no, I don't want to put on my socks and shoes. And it's like an externalization (laughs) of the Mm -hmm. fight I have in my brain. And then I started to cry and I was like, oh my God, like it really is. It's like, it's taking all of these like fights I have in my head. Uh, Ruby, go wash your dishes. Go fold the laundry, go for a walk, go to yoga, eat eat something that's green and not fried. And like, those are the same things I have with my son. It's an, it's just an externalization of what's in my head. And that's only, I, I can only speak to my own experiences, right? So like, I'm just saying that my experiencing with parenting and my experience with mental health is that specific thing. And I don't want to speak for anybody else. But for me, like fighting with him is, it's exhausting. And there are days where I roll over on some things because it's just not worth pulling out the 51st battalion to like go into battle with him about something okay if I don't have to fight you about what cup your juice is in it like everything doesn't have to be a, a, a 30 minute dissertation with but it is with him so it's like if I don't have to fight you about the cup you don't want it in this cup I'll put it in that cup but on things of importance like how you treat other people uh, whether or not you're wearing sunscreen um, if you're listening um, and setting boundaries then those are things I'll suit up for but you know I have to it's like that whole thing about picking your battles that's 100% what happens in my house completely fascinating is so, it really? I think it's so boring because it's my life. No. So I'm like, I, like, it must be 
like I can't imagine it being interesting because it's like every day I, in my house. My every day is I go to work with these like type A people who are just dead set about getting their way and you interact with people on the street who maybe were only children or maybe the world buckled to them and you're constantly navigating personalities. I barely can do that with adults. Sometimes when I see these tiny terrorists, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, and when it's your kid, I think it's different. Like, his school will tell me he's wonderful. He listens. He's sweet. He's great. And I think that it's just he knows the buttons to push, and he's constantly trying to push your boundaries. And I know most parents would agree with that. And it is. It's, it's hard, I mean. But he, they tell you. I don't know if it's true, but they do tell you that in general, strong-willed children tend to be um, more driven, more resilient, and they're leaders as in adulthood um, in a way that children who don't try you that much, that they, they aren't. And now that's not to poo-poo sweet and lovely children, but like... Uh, my brother and I both were irritating as shit, and we both are, in our own ways, successful people, and my brother and I both, you know, have done really cool and amazing things in, in our careers and in our lives, so I think it it's true, and I can see that he, you know, when he wants to do something or he wants his way, he's persistent, and I think persistence is a very big key to success in life, so I don't know. They tell you that they're leaders. I just hope that <laughs> it's worth all of the bullshit he drags me through. <laughs> that is a great adventure. This is why I can't recommend the book Love That Boy by Rob Fournier enough. I just sent it to a friend who is a brand new father, and it's about how you manage your expectations of what your child can and will be. I think it's super insightful, even for barren men like me. So now you're going to tell me what Jane did? Yes. Oh, God, what did she do? Uh, Hopefully nothing illegal. (laughs) So so on our last episode, we told you the story of Jane, a woman who received an insane message from a friend who invited her to a wedding. Apparently, $130 wasn't enough for the woman who requested that Jane send more money. Could you believe that story? I'm still gobsmacked. (laughs) I can't believe. I I just, poor Jane. Like, I want to go fight this woman for Jane. I'm so upset. Like, who the heck does that? I would be taking off the earrings and putting on some vests. I'd be like, hold, hold, hold me back. Hold me back, Cody. Hold me back. <laughs> and can I tell you, Jane is such a sweet woman. This is why this pains me that, like, she's going through this. Uh, so here's, here's Jane's uh, response. She says, I am truly saddened that you feel my contribution did not meet your expectations. I did not realize that our friendship depended on the monetary amount of my gift to you. Therefore... So as to not burden you any longer and to end your obvious disappointment, I have made the requested adjustment and issued a stop payment on my check to you. <laughs> Go Jane! Go Jane! Go Jane! That's why you never that's girl. why you do not put cash in those cards. You cannot cancel a cash <laughs> gift, but you can cancel that check. Damn Jane, that's some vicious shit right there. Jane with a J is a certified G. Okay. <laughs> Now, hold up. How long have you been sitting on that one? Do you want to say it one more no, time for the people no, in the I back? Legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately just came up with That's it That's ridiculous. I, I even impressed myself. Like, I kind of hate you for how clever that was. <laughs> like, right now, I'm going to stop. I'm going to cancel my check to you, Cody Seaton, and be like, nah, bitch. <laughs> 
That's ridiculous. Good job, Jane. Listen, Good job, Jane. I will say most people don't have the backbone to stick up for themselves in that situation. And most people would write some passive aggressive bullshit Facebook status about haters and people that don't like them <laughs> and like be all vague so that all their friends are like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Most people would not stick up for themselves like that. Like, in fact, I would probably go out to dinner with my girlfriend, like word vomit my upsetness and then just not answer the email because. I'm a coward. So, like, mad props to Jane for being a baller. And it's a it's a much larger conversation, but you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and respect yourself. I'm sure Jane respected herself the next day. Obviously. I bet <laughs> she drank her tea black that day. Like, <laughs> no cream in my tea today. Boop. Because I'm a baller. That's crazy. I'm so, pr- I'm proud of Jane. Like, I'm gonna. I'm proud of her too. I'm gonna um take Jane's inspiration and try to apply it to my life. This is important. We have to embrace our inner frat boy. Because frat boys don't give a fuck. And they just, like, do their own thing. So I'm gonna embrace my inner Jane and my inner frat boy. And I'm gonna stick up for myself. And I'm not gonna let people push me around jane has inspired me to not take anybody's shit especially a little toddler named z mad props jane z you're gonna eat your pancakes and like it tomorrow morning yeah how many more green beans do you want to eat all of them (laughs) do you want me to call jane and get jane up in her she'll handle that situation yeah jane call me Girl, I need you. I got a difficult case on the line. (laughs) In the words of the immortal Madonna, I'm not your bitch. Don't hang your shit on me. Boop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. And don't forget, the party doesn't end. It just relocates. What? Bye, bitches. See you soon. I'll meet you in the so after the party it's the after party and after the party it's the hotel no no party. no no Did no I mess you, it you up? From Miami you know this it's after the show it's the after oh party. shit after and no party, you know why did I mess that up because doesn't he go and after the show it's the <laughs> after party and after the party Hotel lobby and round about well we gotta clear the lobby, clear the lobby. and take it to your room and somebody, Hello, somebody. <laughs> hey. yeah damn you R Kelly damn you.